Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Caught offside. With Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught offside just outside of New York City and from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? There's some really, really interesting stories come out when you're in a bar full of people watching football. The owner of the Munro, right after the game, we're, we're just chatting about Liverpool's win you know, the young players, and he goes, uh, he, he, he just comes out and says, I used to skateboard with Jaden Dan's grandfather. So this is, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, excuse me, what? So this, so this is uh, Vinny, proprietor owner of, of the Monroe Bar here in Brooklyn, the Liverpool Supporters Club Bar. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, his, he, and, and I'm all confused because skate, skateboarding, what? Like, uh, in the 80s, he used to skateboard with Jaden Dan's grandfather. And Jaden Dan's grandfather is a former European and British skateboarding champion. Hmm. He was uh, dominating the skateboarding scene in Britain by the age of 18 and then conquered Europe in 1989. And I said, was he bothered about football? No. But, well, hang on. His son, Neil, Jaden's father, went on to have a career playing for Crystal Palace, etc., Birmingham and Leicester. Uh, in the Premier League and, and the Championship, and now his son is a Carabao Cup winner. Uh, just un- unbelievable. Huh, that's wild. Isn't it? Yeah, who knew? Who, who knew? knew? Well, there you go. You, that's, these are the gems you're going to get when you listen yeah. to this podcast. So little, little bits and pieces like that. Yeah. And, um, and what an atmosphere in there yesterday, Andrew. I'm sure it was. Oh, genuinely. So, so doors were doors for uh, Brooklyn supporters. The members of Brooklyn Supporters Club were at eight. Game kicked off at ten a.m. Eastern time, and so I was there at seven fifteen. First person there. I got. I've I've a spot for the finals now at the back of the bar beside the pinball machines, the big TV. I need to be there. I can't be anywhere else. So I got there early, and um, and then the line started to form, and the place was the place was full. Uh, atmosphere was unbelievable. When that 
when the second headed Virgil van Dijk goal went in, the winner, uh, the place went absolutely nuts. Crazy. Such a such a fun time. I mean, I would hope it would go 118th minute. I mean, oh. won the game. Um, yeah. Was it, were there any, is it a Liverpool exclusive? Like, were there any no. Chelsea fans there? Was there an it's ounce a li- of- it's a li- if you're going to watch Liverpool, that's the bar you go to. So yeah. it's predominantly Liverpool. But we've had we've had Chelsea fans in before, but not not on that day. No, yeah, I but... doubt there was a Chelsea fan. I remember when we played City in an important title game. There were two City fans wandered in. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's friendly. It's not in America generally. I mean, if any anyone who has drinking them can get into a row, you, don't, you know, you don't have to be in England for that to happen. But generally speaking, there's in in US Premier League support is 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 fanatic and committed, but it's not violent. Right, no. I I have not seen that. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I have not I have not seen that myself. I mean, like I said, you only need two human beings and some drink in a bar sure. for, for for a fight to happen. But um it's no, it's 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 not like that. Um but I will I mean, you'll get called a Tory, I'm sure, if you go in wearing a Chelsea jersey. <laughs> Will. Well, let's talk about I mean, look, we'll talk about a bunch of things on this pod, of course. There's some Premier League stuff later on we'll get to. MLS made its return. It was a big weekend for uh, U.S. men's national team players playing in Europe. So we'll touch on some of that. But, I mean, we're in it now, so let's just go all in and uh, discuss Liverpool, who win their 10th League Cup, this time the, the Carabao edition of the league cup. It'll always be carling to me as you, anyone who's listened to this podcast. Well, I think, I think it's sort of determined on like the generation in which you like your formative years. Like I, I would agree for me, carling cup is what I associated as that's when Tottenham yeah. won it. Um, that's what I think of, but I know there have been many iterations of what, of the sponsor that is attached to this. Can we speak about the sponsor for one quick second? Yeah, sure. Did, did you see the spot? So the, the sponsorship owners, the I don't know where they a family or a consortium that own Carabao, um, were on the field before the game, like meeting the, the players and the referee. And one of them uh, just takes a selfie with Jurgen Klopp. And Klopp's like, what? And then, I mean, Klopp was very, he's in a, he's in a very good mood. Let's put it that way. Klopp is generally, he sees... He sees the end and he's really, he's, he's, he's a vibes merchant. He wants the atmosphere to be good. So I can imagine Klopp, say like pandemic era Klopp, someone trying to take a selfie with him, he would have lost his mind. But no, it, it's just it's strange. This elderly man, or I guess he was kind of elderly, older man t- taking a picture. They really milked their sponsorship there. They got their, they really got their, because they it's, paid for it. it. Definitely, but I know... I'm sure we can find people who, uh, who maybe not in the United States, but in England who drink Carling. I know we can find people who drink Coca-Cola, the previous sponsors of this competition. I don't know anyone who says, this might pop open a can of Carabao. I, it's unheard of. To the point where I, I didn't realize it was beer. For some reason, I thought it's not it was beer. Like a, it's an energy drink. Well, didn't I, saw, I thought I saw on the boards around the field yesterday, it said Carabao beer. Did I, oh, maybe, did I miss C? That must be their next venture. Okay. <laughs> See, we don't even know what the hell it is. I will not be drinking Carabao milk when it comes around. I just want to go on the record. I don't know. I, I thought, yeah, I thought it was an energy energy drink too, but then I saw beer on the sideboards around the field. So I don't, I don't even know. It's a bad job by them that 
they could exist this long as the title <laughs> sponsor of this event, and we're still not sure exactly. We, listen, if there's anyone from Carabao out there, you've got to sponsor us because at least, I mean, we yeah, we're really singing how, their praises right now. We, we, we broke how many ESPN rules when I actually brought cans on and did a taste test on air? Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah. When they first was that when they first took over sponsorship? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, I have to know what this is and I must yeah. drink it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's a lot of angles to get to from this game. I mean, there was, I know you had said beforehand, you had talked about, oh, please don't give us the nil-nil Liverpool-Chelsea to penalties. We almost got to that, but this was not your normal. I mean, it was nil-nil the, until the 118th minute. To me, this did not feel like your normal cliche nil-nil in a cup final that sometimes you get. No. This This had a lot of chances for both teams. It had some controversy. It was not a boring this was not a boring game, at least in my opinion, by any stretch of the imagination. No, there was some tasty tackles in it too. There was an intensity wow. to it. Um, the the pitch seemed to be playing very, very fast. Um, I could do a, a compilation of Malo Gusto's terrible first touches. Um, <laughs> and, some, and, and some Liverpool players early on with heavy touches and that led, led players into collisions and tackles and things. Uh, and a very, uh, how shall we say, permissive Chris Kavanagh mm-hmm. in this game. Because, uh, I don't know, like, let it flow seemed to be in, in full force in, in this one. Uh, and and was the game better for it? We can argue that. Was uh, Gravenbach's, or Gravenberg's um, ankle ligaments in better shape for it? Definitely not. Um, Although it was a good sign. Now, look, when he came out on the field afterwards with crutches, I thought, oh, that's not good. And a boot. But when he was just walking normally holding them, like, he wasn't u- he wasn't really using them. They were props, it seemed like. He was just walking around holding crutches. I was like, all right, well, that's that's not so bad. I mean, I mean, we know Darwin Nunes is a precaution, not a serious injury, with the way he galloped down the steps and yeah. hurdled <laughs> hurdled the advertising hoarding to get involved in the celebrations. But it was it was a good game. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the the atmosphere was the atmosphere was electric. We've criticized Wembley in the past since since it became the, the venue again in 2007, 2008 for for big cup finals after Cardiff, there have been some drab ones. Uh, I, this was not one of them. This was a fun game, uh, plenty of action, host hit by both sides, um, and some brilliant saves by by Kevin Kelleher, who was I. If I was picking a man at a match, and and we're going to go with the winners as our our team from which we do that, I would say it was Watari Endo. Virgil van Dijk or Kevin Kelleher? I thought Kelleher was really good in a huge moment in his career where Massive. he needed where he needed to be, um, partially because of the players that were in front of him. Now, look, Liverpool's defense was still mostly intact um, in terms of personnel. I know but he Trent, still, Trent wasn't there, but Connor Bradley's not, not has proven himself to be not much of a drop-off. But thought the save from I mean, you you had to think uh, that uh Cole Palmer was going to score. So let's get into that because the first Ultimately, the first question that hit me is, yes, this is a huge triumph for Liverpool, but there is still part of me that can't help but look at this as Chelsea blowing it. And yeah. and in that mixed into that are, and I know Liverpool had their chances too, but there are chances that Chelsea had in this game prior to extra time where I just think one of these has to be converted. And yeah. the Cole Palmer one, I mean, look, I'll give Keller her credit. It was almost if we're talking about cup final saves, it was almost Jersey Dudek level to the like in terms of me as the ball is hitting Cole Palmer's foot, assuming that a goal is being scored, right, and being truly stunned when it wasn't. So good on Kelleher, 
uh, to make up the ground across goal and, and smother that. Uh, but I mean, you know, Nicholas Jackson centimeters offside nullifying Sterling's goal. Connor Gallagher. Oh my goodness. I mean, how many chances? It's, it felt like there was like a five minute window where he had like three chances where he could have scored. If, That's right. If, you know, if he had a little bit, you know, he's he's a really good player. I don't know if if finishing is necessarily his top trait. And unfortunately, that was kind of on display. The ball fell to him time and time again. You know, he hit the post, uh, the inside of the post on a flick. It just felt like, you know, obviously a lot of attention is being paid to what happened to Chelsea in extra time. And we'll talk about that, but boy, they had so many chances before it got to there uh, to prevent this game from reaching extra, extra time. Yeah. You ask whether they blew it. I think blew it is in a game in in a final like that you lose one nil. Um, you know what? Considering the game state going into extra time, the bench that Liverpool had to utilize. So how many times did the camera flash to the bench? And it looked like a school tour. Like, genuinely, it looked as if, well, here's a bunch of guys, they're on a tour of Wembley, and they're going to the Natural History Museum afterwards, and then maybe they'll get a McDonald's. Like, it was it was crazy. My friend Ryan was with me, and um, he's a nervous Nelly about Liverpool anyway, mm-hmm. but before the game, he starts off, he elbows me, he goes, we got nothing on that bench. We have, we have nothing to come in. And the team itself looked like an experimental team. The, the team looked like a fifth round of the FA Cup side. Honestly, like it really, really did, and and you're like, okay, well, if we have a sub here, what happens? Well, who's our most experienced player on the bench? Is it Costas Simicas? I mean, it it probably is. Okay, well, I mean, all right, Joe Gomez probably. Yeah, okay. Who came on early? Right, but it's just it's it's very very. Oh yeah, look, you you can always tell and look this has changed a little bit with guys like Trent Alexander-Arnold, but you know, when when it's number 78, 42, <laughs> 53 and 76 coming into the game, it means we're digging pretty deep into the bench there. And guys that uh up until maybe I would say a week ago uh because Klopp name checked them a week ago after Luton. So before a week ago, you did not know who they were. If they were if if you saw them walking down the street towards you, you wouldn't know who they were. You wouldn't know they were Liverpool senior sure. se- senior players. But the game state uh, should have left you in fear of your life for for extra time. That it was just it the Chelsea goal was going to come, and they did nothing, nothing terrible. Especially, I, I mean, like the final moments of of regular time, you had that flurry of activity in front of Kelleher. You know, where a couple yeah. of them like bounced off a defender, but ultimately it kind of flicked to Keller and he kind of, he coolly sort of like flicked it up to himself off Almost, his foot. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you're right. It, it There was, you couldn't, you couldn't be entering extra time with any other feeling of, okay, well, Chelsea are in control here and Liverpool are the ones that need to hang on and get this to penalties. And it just wasn't that. No. And, and I suppose it goes back to what Klopp spoke about, uh, about Luton, uh, after Luton. Now he said some things after Luton that I'm not going to defend. Like this, this is their Barcelona. I mean, that's palpably false. It's not. But again, he's the vibes merchant. He's creating an aura and an atmosphere. So fine. But what he did say was that, how cool is it that the the culture informs the younger generation then? Mm -hmm. So when you saw Jaden Dance come in, when you saw uh, the introduction of those young players, they were plugging into something. Sure. That's the point. Chelsea ain't plugging into anything. Chelsea don't know what they are yet. Chelsea have signed a bunch of players, 
young players, and I don't, I really don't want to do the 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 average age stats. Well, actually, well, actually, uh-huh. Chelsea or whatever. By the way that by the way that game finished, Liverpool were the team that had were vulnerable in 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 youth. But Chelsea were it was vulnerable. close though. I think it was like it was 20, very... 22 to twenty four. Oh, yeah. like the average ages, <laughs> but almost not point. Like not really the point. Um, the point yeah, was experience like, more so than age. But, but the point is, what what are you plugging them into? Like Chelsea have spent so much money and basically have said to their players, "Go do it." Whereas Liverpool have built something. If a style of play, a culture of a way of playing, and their players, their youth players, come into that, they're trained up through that. Daniel Story said it. This just shows why buying excuse, exclusively younger players for squillions of pounds might not be a sensible strategy when you want instant returns. Players aged twenty three or under used in the final. Liverpool had seven. Chelsea had eight. Cost of signing those players, Liverpool, £38 million, Chelsea, £390 million. Yeah, I mean, so, so that's the point. That is the whole point. And it's been lost because we're, we're in age wars now and people are typing up averages and like as some kind of, like, forget, forget about that. Think about how it was at the end of that game. And I saw only one winner. I was, I was genuinely frightened going in. But again, a good quality side, and you can even say this of City as well, when you bring in a player that's maybe inexperienced, he still knows the way to play. He still knows how the team functions. And that's what Liverpool have, and that's what Chelsea don't have. Which is exactly why there was a quote uttered after this game from Jamie Carragher that I that I thought was ridiculous okay. to me. Uh, he said afterwards, he said, it's unthinkable for Chelsea not to win it. I mean... I have seen, maybe you have to remove yourself from a Liverpool bubble, but and maybe Carragher is in that bubble because of his time with the club. He's a legend there. But I've just seen too many Divock Origi goals. I've seen too many Liverpool comebacks when the chips were down. I've seen too many injury replacements come on and become stars. Random guys over the years who you don't think anything of who become household names a year later. I've just seen it too many times. There is no Liverpool game where... Where where the other team losing is unthinkable. So you're talking about institutional memory, basically. Yeah, I just as long as we're in a Klopp era, <laughs> then like it's not unthinkable for Chelsea to not win it, or for the idea of Liverpool to win any game at any point. That's always it's always thinkable for right for I, Liverpool I, to win. I completely under this manager. I completely agree with you. It is I, always it is always thinkable. And I think I, a comment like that, it, it only gets made because for, for one of two reasons. It's either piling on Chelsea because that's become, I mean, for some people, it's become fun and easy since Todd Bowley took over to pile on them. Or it's if you're within the Liverpool bubble, it's deifying Klopp in a way that is also fun because he's in his final season. And that's kind of now a fun narrative to latch on to. Mm. But, like, but it's not a comment based in reality. And like, I don't care how many players from from Liverpool's first team are 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 out or how many youth players are in at the end of the game. Like, like you just said, these guys are plugged into roles that they're more than capable of. Like, and the other side of it too, is Chelsea were 12th in the league last year. And they're just as bad this year. They've lost games this season to Nottingham forest, Brentford, Everton wolves twice and Mm. Middlesbrough Liverpool just beat them four one, a couple weeks ago. And I know that that Liverpool team, you and I were together for it. That Liverpool team obviously didn't look like this one, especially at the end of this game. But like this was still a Liverpool team that featured a back four of Robertson, Kanate, Van Dyke, 
and a player in Connor Bradley, who's clearly legit. Like we can see that it still had a massive signing in Alexi, uh, Alexis McAllister on the field. Gakpo was a big Luis Diaz. Like Wataro Endo is Harvey Elliott's in the form of his life. Like, yeah, they at the end of the game, they had young guys come on, but it doesn't mean they're bad, especially at this club. No, but you don't read this. I know Chelsea, but... Chelsea aren't good. It's not unthinkable for them to lose to anyone, let alone a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think I think also the, the Jamie Carr's uh comments could be qualified but the fact he I think when he said that he didn't know until later that Maurizio Pochettino's mindset was that actually we were thinking penalties would be good for us like Chelsea that's that that's shameful absolutely shameful that they did that because the bottom line is Kwanzaa I mean Kwanzaa's actually gained so much experience but he's still number 78 <laughs> Dan's McConnell Bobby Clark yeah come on like, like, be, be. Let's be reasonable compared to the sure Kunku, uh, Mudrick. Right? Uh, Mudrick. Oh, trust me, I have a lot of thoughts on that too, which I'll get to. We're going to hand out our winners and losers from this game on like an individual level. Yeah, and, and trust me, I, I have I have thoughts on that as well. Chelsea aren't, aren't they're not exempt. I'm just saying they're not good. That's been proven out over two years now, and Liverpool under Klopp have proven over time that. Personnel can change almost to a Manchester City level, maybe not quite to that level, but close. Personnel can change. Guys can be ushered in who you weren't aware of, and they can continue to win games. I, I suppose it comes down to it that in 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 the but, moment, but you're right. But the way the way Chelsea lost made this ugly because of how ugly those last thirty minutes were for them. But but it, but that to me is the unthinkable part. Not that not not that Liverpool can win a game of football against the odds. God knows we've seen that enough. It's it's that Chelsea wouldn't wouldn't be able to muster anything. Wouldn't be able. Like Christ Almighty! It's amazing how worried I was that when I say I saw Mudrick come on, um, I kind there was a guy beside us who just said, "I." Oh, a Liverpool fan, he goes, he's shit. And then Ryan was beside me. Uh-huh. And he's like, this would be just the time that he'll score. He was almost shushing yeah. the guy. He was, he was <laughs> that, almost shushing the guy, you know? Uh, but that doesn't on, happen to you guys. But you can't just say, you can't just, that doesn't happen. There, there was a, a massive opportunity for Chelsea to 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 win this game. No, I don't want to hear about I agree. Goals. I agree with that. Uh, you know, the circumstances, the circumstances left a more than decent chance. I'm, and I'm being generous here. Sure. A more than decent chance to get a first trophy for, for Murcio Pochettino. And uh, would I go as far as Gary Neville to say there w- it was a bottle job? I, it was a bottle job by the manager. If that's, if that is the mindset he sent his players into that penalties will be good. And to sit back, absolute bottle job. Well, so we'll we'll use that as a transition point to the winners and losers from this. And then I have one other thing on a Klopp quote that I want to get your take on. Okay. But we'll, we'll start with the losers because mine is Potch. He is, if, we, if we're handing out the biggest loser from this game, it's it has to be him. And that's not yeah. an easy thing for me to say. Even with him at Chelsea, I still appreciate that guy from his time at Tottenham. But like, I don't know. It, it's almost with him and with the, with the history he brings in of not being able to win in this league especially in in you know runners up that's his third Here's cup his, final right uh yeah against an english team without a win like it, it's almost to a point of that thing that i wonder about 
oftentimes when teams lose ugly in a final where I wonder would they have been better served to lose harmlessly earlier in the tournament than lose like this on this stage? Because like I just said, there's no shame in losing to Liverpool and it's not unthinkable that they would. Um, But there is some shame in the way he handled extra time. So like, I don't know, they just kind of stopped doing the things that had been working for them, most notably pressing. Like that was working for them during the game and it historically works under Poch. He's very good at it. But that stopped. Yeah. Like, and you can suggest that, like, I think Potch did afterwards. I'd have to see his quote, but I, I think there was some mention of fatigue and wanting to get to penalties. But, like, like you said, you can't help but look at this. So, Chelsea made four subs in this game, bringing, they brought on Nkunku in the 67th, Mudrick in the 90th, Medweke in the 97th, and Chalaba in the 113th. Liverpool brought on Simikas, Jaden Dans, and, and uh, James McConnell in the 87th. Bobby Clark in the 72nd. And I'm not including, for the sake of this conversation, I'm not including Joe Gomez because he came on the 28th. That's not a factor in the fatigue talk. So when you're looking at the subs who should theoretically be the ones out there who aren't tired, like shouldn't Poch have more faith in presumably a fresh-legged Nkunku, Mudrik, Medweke, and Chalaba as opposed to Klopp's three youth team players plus Simicus? Like if fatigue, and also if fatigue was such a problem for them, why do you wait till the 113th minute to bring on Chalaba? Yeah. Why end the game with an unused sub still in your back pocket? He just hand, he handled it brutally. Yeah. And it was just like, it was just such a bad look for his side when they were playing pretty well at the end of the game to go out so meekly when it felt like they had the upper hand. He's, he's the loser from this more than any player on that team. I, 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 I really agree with that. And, and I think, I, I, I think it was into in going into the game. He talked about, you know, he he really got into the ref. That was one of the things he did in the lead into the game. Uh-huh. You know, he started a lot of a lot of stuff about the ref, which managers do. They 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 definitely do, and 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 foreign managers certainly have a have a have a penchant for doing it. And he was, you know, really talking about don't let Liverpool. Uh, you know, he was complaining about the league game, a league game where they were beaten four one. Don't let Liverpool, you know, kind of sway the referee, etc. Um, but the other thing he said going into the game was how Liverpool were the example. You know, the way they do things was an example. <laughs> like that is problematic when you see the way that his his club, his team has been built. You know, you're you're taking shots at yourself, at your owner. Well, there's fraud, there's clearly frostiness there between them. And I and I fear for Potch. I don't think Potch is going to last here because here's my loser. Can I do my loser? Yeah, of course. Todd Bowley. Okay. Um, not like like to put the club in the financial under the financial stress that it is under. Um, and we still don't know the extent of that and how it's going to work out and if there'll have to be like a fire sale. Um, but to to spend the money he has. With clearly no clear plan, um, this like what Liverpool did in that extra time was such a rebuke to that method, and it's also a real black mark on Todd Bowley for the simple reason that did Chelsea spend in the past? Absolutely, did they spend under Abramovich? Yeah, but they always found ways to win. Didn't matter how many managers they had to scythe through. It didn't matter how much money they spent. They did win. And he's the new owner, and he has spent record uh, levels of money. And when it's right there, when there is something 
to kickstart the new regime, something to 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 take from the season. He can't do it. This is an utter failing, like a total failure. Like this, a, a trophy could could have, how would you say, I wouldn't say paper over the cracks um, because the season, the, the, the league season being so poor, but it could have, it could have given some hope that better times are coming sure. and that there, that there is expectations that can be met by this manager. A hu- I mean, a, if nothing else, it's a hugely needed morale boost. Yeah, morale boost, whatever you want to call it, um, and they were, and, and Pochettino was unable to, and and the players Bowley had bought at such expense were useless. Uh, the winner, I had a little bit of a harder time with this one. I was close to, I don't know yours, I don't want to step on yours, but I, I was close to Kelleher. Um, I didn't go with him. In the end, I went with Big Verge, Virgil Van Dyke, because. He's just been such a legendary Liverpool player. Mm. He's one of their greatest ever signings. I mean, you could almost say that his signing is the one. Like, obviously, Mo Salah is kind of the face of this era. Klopp more than any, but Salah in terms yeah. of players on the field. But like Van Dyke's signing felt like the one more than any that ushered in their ability to go on and win all this stuff. Coutinho uh, out, yeah, changed everything because it just enabled so much. But like, I think it's cool for him that. You know his legendary status as a player there. Now he's their captain, and now he has a signature moment to go, like a, a forever moment to go with his stature as a player at that club. So, like an actual moment that people can remember him by forever. Um, reading here from the BBC, uh, what a captain, what a leader. Everything revolves around Virgil Van Dyke, said ex England striker Alan Shearer on BBC Radio Five Live. He couldn't come off. Liber- he couldn't come off. Liverpool needed him. The amount of times he stopped Chelsea, Carragher added. We'll talk about Klopp's kids, but that was colossal from Van Dyke. I mean, you know, you need like in a moment like that when it's penalties are beckoning, which is seemingly where Chelsea wanted this game to get to. You got a, a field full of youth team players out there. You need somebody to step up, and who better than than their veteran and their captain? It just felt like it was the right thing for him to be the one to to author that goal. He's my yeah, my, he's my winner, winner was was uh, was Kevin Kelleher and because he was he was Virgil Van Dyke's uh, suggestion. Uh, Van Dyke suggested that he should have been man of the match. He said, "I've always said he's world class, and he stepped up today again. He's a good boy, good goalkeeper, and that's what we need at a club like <laughs> oh, Liverpool." Geez. But he is like Kelleher is super. Like he's quiet. You know the way we say goalkeepers are mental. Well, he's <laughs> he's just not. Um. No, the thing about him uh, being described as a good boy—that's that's probably uh, a problem, uh, in the sense that he isn't a boy. Um, he's twenty-five now. Now, does he have to instantly go somewhere? I don't. I'm. If, if you look at. Uh, if you look at the World Cup winning goalkeeper who was 27, 28 and a backup keeper at Arsenal, <laughs> Emmy Martinez, you know, so maybe he's got three more years to play with, whatever. Um, but he was fabulous yesterday. And it's only a few weeks since online Liverpool fans were describing him as a hologram after some of the goals that went in against Fulham. Hmm. But with each game he has played right the way through, Burnley, Brentford, he had some massive saves against Brentford. Massive saves. Burnley really could have gone the other way that game. And he had some huge saves in big moments. 
He's got more. He's gotten better. He looks more assur- assured. Yesterday's saves were fantastic. Um, Andrew, he can kick comfortably off both feet. Like he, he's, he's, he's better. I won't say has he better feet than than Allison because Allison is so good with one foot, but he is he's two footed where Allison isn't. It's like he is. He's an amazing backup to have, but you could see the rust in his game. It's taken him this amount of time to really get into it. And yesterday was the absolute pinnacle of it. And it just got me thinking, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but it's hard for me not to think about it right now. I've changed position on Matt Turner. I don't think Matt Turner should play in the Cup America if he's if he plays no more football this season. It's a big statement. Are, because we, are we doing this now? <laughs> no, let's not do this now. Let's not do this now, but I'm doing it based on what I saw with, with Kelleher. You All don't right. get better at something by not doing it regularly. And Kelleher is, Kelleher, I mean, Kelleher is several rungs ahead of Matt Turner as a goalkeeper. So you can imagine how much more Matt Turner needs to play. That's my point. Okay. He was man of the match for me. He, remember, it's only a month ago I was coming on here and I couldn't Google his name because of the abuse he was getting. And I was hoping he wouldn't, uh, sorry, not Google, but search his name on X. Now, are there, are there dopes? On, on on X on Twitter. Of course they are they are and they're they're looking for cheap stuff. But he's just been he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. He's been brilliant across the last month and um he was the difference yesterday. The Matt Turner divergence has thrown me. Sorry. I don't know I don't know what to do park with it. this now. We gotta park it. Oh man, that's some big statements and a big one eighty from you there. Yikes. Yeah. Um let's see, one other thing I wanted to mention before we move off of this. So another notable comment in the aftermath of this one came from none other than Jurgen Klopp, who said this. Uh, he said, in more than 20 years, it is easily the most special trophy I have ever won. It is absolutely exceptional. Sometimes people ask me if I'm proud of things, and it's really tricky. I wish I could feel pride more often. But tonight, it is an overwhelming feeling. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you need to maybe this answer needs to come from a Liverpool supporter. Uh, is Klopp? Is he prisoner of the moment here, or is this is this a feeling that was reflected by the way a lot of Liverpool fans felt? <laughs> by, uh, judging by the celebrations in London, they did feel that way about it. Um, don't forget, a lot of cup finals have been nil-nil win on penalties, which definitely changes the dynamic of it. And I do think the way that Liverpool finished the game was m- so memorable. So 2019, they're in control uh, against Tottenham. They win 2-0. It's not a great game. No. The cup finals of 22 were both nil-nils and went to penalties. Um, memorable, special, not special to win. Memorable, I don't, I mean, not really. Probably not even that special. Um, this This is... I can see why he thinks it's up there. Well, they did win the league, but they but the league was wrapped up. <laughs> the league was. But but one. if we're talking about, tr- he says it's easily the easily the most special trophy I've ever won. Well, he that's, said that's not a commentary on the dramatic nature of it. We're well, talking well, about the the trophy. Well, it, okay, he's not. I guess he he's so emotional he can't remove maybe the drama of it. Well, I um, remember we all remember how he felt after winning the league, where he had to leave 
remember they put him on Sky with like Jamie Carragher was in one box and in the other box live from his home was Kenny Daglish and then Clap joins and he's like I never in this moment w- thought it would feel like this and I'm I'm sorry and he breaks down and has to leave so I would say special bridging the gap between 1990 and and winning a Premier League winning like th- that to me is is untouchable almost. I'm just saying, if two weeks but, from now, when when the dust settles from this, if you put three trophies in front of Klopp, their league title, their Champions League trophy, and this Carabao Cup title, as, as fun as it was and as dramatic as it was, and you're saying, all right, you're gonna, you, we're we're gonna take one of these away from you, which you choose which one. But this is, one, is he choosing either the the league or the Champions League over the over this? So so I'm trying to get into his head here, okay? Because, sure. and I think, um. Because he's towards the end, he is definitely hyper-emotional. He's very happy, but he's definitely hyper-emotional. That's, a, that's a, um, as he said, this is normal. Um, and it is normal. I would, I would also think that legacy, Andrew, like what he finished with on the field is what he's built. Like this is his legacy to so the I- club. These players, these young guys, this style of play, this win against the billions, against the odds. Okay, it wasn't in the blue of Man City. It was the blue of Chelsea. But the the commonality between those two things is the is the is the heart of Liverpool. Is the academy is the bringing your and raising up your own and being able to bring them into the side versus uh, scattergun, floppy haired billionaire, crazy spend and and and. This is his legacy. And these guys are going to be playing on long after he's gone. And this is what he's given. So I think that's why he feels the way he does. So I agree with that. I definitely agree with this idea. And, and by the way, I saw Klopp said afterwards, I what was he said, I couldn't care less about my legacy. All right, fine. Like, but no, but this is obvious legacy. This right. is obvious. Of legacy. course it is. And I think that that he, you are right in that he probably looked out on the field at the end of that game and, and could see... Wow, I I am look at these look at the players who are celebrating out there right now. Look at the guys who are hugging Van Dyke after scoring that goal. Dan's and and Clark like who 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 are these guys? So right. he could look out there and think I'm I am clearly leaving behind a culture of success here that that was validated with this trophy regardless really of what happens the rest of the year. You could say. So uh, you know, I could see that being more emotional for him because it's almost like a culmination of his of his work at this club right there in front of him. Look what I, I'm passing this on now to the, to the next generation. Um, but having said that, it, I just, I can't see it more special than uh, a league. Uh, no, I know. I, look, I know what you mean. Uh, but again, that's all right. I mean, I, look, this was bigger than a, maybe a regular Carabao, like a league cup. I could see that this be, this may be carrying more weight than a, well, this is, uh, look, this is usually the third of the things that we rank in terms of the, the trophies that you can win league and champions league are some, you know, co- some yeah, kind but- of combination of one and two FA cup is usually third. And this is usually fourth. It's just, so it was just jarring for me to say, for him to say, this is easily the most special trophy. But I don't have. forget that joy doesn't work in that. You're right. In, I, it, I understand. It doesn't that's work. Why he, but that's also why he's prisoner of the moment because this was a dramatic win and it was just so much fun to be a part of. Fine. I mean, you will, you will do anything to pick at what this guy says. Now I should say, you're going to hear more things in the next few weeks months as we lead into uh, to the culmination of Clopfest you're going to hear some stuff that is going to it's going to it's going to trigger you Andrew this guy is <laughs> who who sang the song I am high on emotion because <laughs> I think Clop is just writing the the emotion of his of I guess of his exit 
really. Um, he's an emotional guy. He's always said that. Emotional football. He is. I know. We should mention. Um, oh, uh, Chris DeBerg. Jeez. No. <laughs> what an 80s throwback. Um, hmm. uh, I wanted to mention the fans. There was that moment where they started singing uh, in extra time. Our, uh, was it extra time or was it towards the end of the game? I can't remember. I just remember being moved by it where they started singing LA, LA, LA. And they just, they were just the loudest thing. Or whatever Chelsea were singing about, I don't know, old taxes or Margaret Thatcher. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, they... but, but I have a bone to pick with Klopp. You can't mention Chelsea without taking it down that road. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever they were singing about, like, the place just lifted is what I'm saying. And it just inspired the players on the field. Oh, it was the atmosphere. We're not was... seeing this again. Well, like we will see Liverpool with big performances in Europe and 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 in cup finals. And I, like I do believe we will see that again after Klopp. But there's just this. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use an awful business speak word. There's synergy, man. There's just there's something going on <laughs> between between the 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 three, the holy trinity of football, the supporters. The manager and the players. There's that something. Is, yes, that I, I agree with that, and it is why I do not envy, even if it's Jabby Alonso, whoever. I do not envy the next person to take that job because you're right. There is not only do they win, they win, and there is this connection between him and and the supporters. That look, even someone like me who can who can at times maybe come across as a hater, um, even I can see it. I mean, there is a there's a unique connection there with him and this and this fan base. Um, you just enjoy so, Ange, all right? Just enjoy your Ange uh, while I can. He might be managing your team next year. We'll mm. we'll see about that. That would that. I mean, you want to talk about things that could break me? <laughs> that could break me. When I saw that rumor, I don't know where it started or what. Uh, last week, I he asked that. a que- a question was asked of him. He was said he was it was suggested he was on a short list. Oh, look at I don't know anything about lists, and uh, you know he does his usual, you know, speaking right. into like that way, you know. Also, if you want to see me, if you want to see how quickly I can turn on a human being, watch watch what happens when he takes that job. <laughs> you, you're going to get whiplash. Uh, and you be, I I would be worried you would be a threat to him and his family. <laughs> look, I don't need to get on any watch lists. Easy there. I'm a stable human being. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but but I mean, look, I I, I get it, and and. Whoever has that Liverpool job next, that's you can't because it's almost like it's not enough to win. You have to they have to play a, a style of football that is that continues what Klopp has left behind. And you have to be charismatic and likable to this to this base of supporters. Like it, <laughs> it's a lot of boxes that this next manager is going to have to tick. It's not easy. It's not so much football, football manager. It's football manager plus uh messianic figure. Yeah. Like honestly, I think because he is he, he's one of these larger than life guys, especially th- in that city. I think if Jesus Christ Himself uh, came back and made the shortlist and got the job, I think he'd be under pressure. And I mean, he can he can do anything. That guy, brilliant. Yeah, I'm familiar with his work. He he can. Um, you didn't answer the question, by the way. What is this? Was this easily? The most special trophy that ah, has been won I, under I, under Klopp from your from in your I know, as a fan. I, I know that um, that's as special an atmosphere as that's the that's the best cup win we've had. How about that? Better than the, than winning the Champions League. Then the final, 
Yeah. Not than winning it. Obviously, there's no there's no comparison between the Carabao Milk Cup and the and the Champions League. Obviously, there's no difference in their status. But in terms of the game, oh well, yeah. If we're talking, cheese. Yeah, if we're talking about special. the end of... But don't forget, joy joy doesn't work that way, Andrew. I know, I know. You can be on the field at Goodison Park after being two 0 down to Crystal Palace and then beating them and staying up after spending. You know, and your club could be in an absolute mess, but you're as happy as Larry in that moment, and it's the sure. greatest feeling you've ever had. Sure, yeah, very true. Uh, fun day, fun cup final, so uh, much fun, enjoyable uh, stuff. Yeah, it's. Uh, I had a drink switch, so I was I was just having a couple of buds, mm-hmm. bottles of bud. Keep it simple, nothing crazy. Got to go look after the the daughter afterwards, <laughs> and and extra time I ordered a vodka seltzer. Just give me the vodka. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, look, when you win a trophy, go nuts. No, it was, this was beforehand. This was a calm me down. The vodka seltzer. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the calm down from Budweiser? Yeah, I think I may have got that wrong. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, let's see. Still a lot to get to here on Caught Offside. Some Manchester United stuff, uh, some U.S. men's national team stuff. Some MLS. So there's a bunch of things. Arsenal. Boy, we got to talk about Arsenal. But before that, JJ, I, I want to remind everybody, of course, that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped because 2024 is here. We're in full swing now. Happy New Year. <laughs> here at the end of February. <laughs> and, and it means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. So it, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. And Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted by over 10 million men worldwide, now's your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls, JJ. Manscaped's fifth-generation lawnmower isn't just a trimmer. It's your grooming sidekick, equipped with two skin-safe blade heads, standard one for taking a little off the top, not too much, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. And it's waterproof. So do that trim in the shower. Cleanup is couldn't be simpler. Uh, and for the men out there who want a full grooming experience, look no further than the Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0. All right? In this grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower. You get Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer. Do you, do you grow ear hair, JJ? I have every every time I get a haircut, oh every time I get a haircut, I, I like my barber. He does he does great job. I trust him. I'll, I'll go to him for the rest of my life as long as I live here. Um, you know, he, I think he's, he does great. And I like the guy, but there's always in every haircut we get, there's always one unspoken moment of awkwardness where he like, you know, I get a little bit of a fade and he takes the razor. And then he, at one point, cause I'll have a few rogue outer ear hairs and he oh, goes, can't goes have that. right up the sides of my ears. No one says a word. We don't acknowledge good. it. Yeah, no, it is good. But I, but what I'm saying is I need to start doing that myself. So I oh, can God, spare you us that moment of unspoken awkwardness where he feels the need because these weird hairs are sprouting outside of my ears. I can do it myself with the, with the ear hair trimmer and the nose hair trimmer and all this. So, so go out, do this right now, 20% off and free shipping with code caught offside at manscaped.com. Embrace a new you and definitely embrace a new trimmer courtesy of manscaped. I'll tell you what, my, JJ. Oh yeah, go ahead. My missus, uh, she, she tweezes out any ear hairs that might pop up. You guess the tweezers to them. Well, but why don't why don't you just do it? What do you, why does she do it? She just does it. She did it before the advent of Manscaped, and she'll continue to do it afterwards. <laughs> you can't have hair coming out of your ears. Like I am not a hairy guy at all. 
like I don't have any hair on my chest, anything like that. Uh, wow, but, none, not a bit. Naturally, no, naturally, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, I can't say the same. No, you were her. Her. Suit. I'm not wearing a sweater, but uh, a, long sleeve, a sho- long sleeve tee, maybe. Ugh, do you get it on your shoulders? Yeah, I have a little bit. Oh, of God. Is that so crazy? Uh, I can't stand it. I don't know. I can't. I mean, I'm wearing a hoodie right now. I can't tell. But yeah, That's... there's probably like a couple. Not a lot, but. Oh, got to get rid of them. I wouldn't have it. Can't have it. Hmm. It's very easy for you to say you're naturally hairless. All right. Well, I got hair on my head and my beard and I got hair on my legs like normal, normal folk. But you're like some kind of wolf, man. <laughs> not even, no, not even close. But by the way, if you are, all the more reason to go out and get Manscaped and just go Brilliant. crazy. Oh, it makes all this so easy. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what, more caught offside still to come. There's a lot to get to. Like I said, Arsenal are flying. United, we got to talk about what uh, what happened with them over the weekend. MLS is back. Not the tournament, but the literal league. Uh, MLS is back. Thanks for uh, that. <laughs> and a big weekend for U.S. men's national team players who are playing abroad. So still a lot to get to here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Back now on Caught Offside, JJ, um, because it's the buzz is mounting and I hadn't seen it yet, despite the fact that it's a movie so up my alley. Uh, I finally over the weekend saw Oppenheimer and I Ooh. thought it was I thought it was amazing. Interesting. Amazing. Uh, film. So I haven't done it yet. Huh. I'm um, surprised. Yeah, I really should. Uh, Killian Murphy, etc. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be very, very good. I am. Um, but that was the movie I was supposed to go see with someone, and I planned to, and then they they went with with someone else and never. That told is me. so. That is so messed up. Oh, I need was... I need you to name names on this. I one. can't do it. No, not gonna. It wasn't that guy who ruined your Super Bowl with not getting pizza, was it? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Okay, because okay. I was gonna say that's a, those are two big strikes. He didn't ruin it. I mean, although he got onto me afterwards, he listened to the podcast. He just and and he's bought a he's bought a wonderful T shirt that you can buy on Caught Offside. Nice. Um, pod.com. But no, he 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 got onto me. He said, "If you want a pizza, just got we could have just got just got pizza." No, I, I should. But, but you, no, I get it though. You were in the tough position of being the only guy. No one else wanted it. It's not your house. You yeah. felt out of place and a little uncomfortable. I, I don't blame you. It's on him I, as the host. Right. I'm not going to mention who the uh, the offender for Oppenheimer is because I'm supposed to be not sore about it anymore. Ooh. <laughs> 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 uh. Indeed. Well, it was really good. Go see it. It's on Peacock. We already we already share this account for watching the Premier League, so just watch it. 
Right. I, I will do that. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm you'll love, you'll, You're going to really like it. I'm, 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 yeah, but you know me, I have a kind of a one track mind. So if I'm like, when I got into Breaking Bad, all I wanted to do was move to New Mexico and start cooking meth. That's I all do, I wanted to do. I do the same exact thing. I get so into it. Yeah. And right now I'm, I'm completely and utterly. Oh, please uh, say it. Masters say it. of the air. Yes. It's unbelievable, JJ. It's everything that I hoped it would be and much, much more. I, I, when, and I, hmm, I got to be careful with spoilers, don't I? Are you all the way caught up? Uh, we 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 done episode six last night. Is I think you're there. One? Yeah, you're. Yeah. I think you're okay. caught up. All right. Um, so it it's just amazing to me, and it makes me reflect so much. You, you're you're uh you're working on the farm with your dad in Wisconsin, and the next thing, you know, war breaks out. Your life is completely changed, and then you're bailing out of a plane over a, a country just. A, that you've never set foot in before, but you've been bombing and you land in the weeds in Westphalia. Like it's. Ah, yep. I, I don't want to go into any more detail other than that because it's spectacular. I ah. couldn't agree more. And I guess while, while we're doing this, I should say I've, I've also uh, seen the first four episodes of Apple's new England Patriots documentary. And I think Ooh. it's really good. Are I'm we getting re- more really detail than we've got before? Because that had been, that was a notoriously. Maybe, maybe uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certain people still very much are. If you're looking for Bill Belichick to open up on Spygate, you're going to be waiting a long time. Now, he's in it, and he's asked about it, but there's not, not a whole lot being said there. But I, I still think it's excellent. I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I don't know. Maybe there are people who wanted more on that specifically. I just saw the episode that dove into Spygate. Um, I don't know what more they could have done. I enjoyed. They, they spoke I, to everybody who there is. To, I mean, Goodell's in it. Like, yeah. you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I think they're, they're the Brady's rise, I think they do a great job with. Uh, the Brady Bledsoe people forget that like Bledsoe had just been given a hundred million dollar contract. I know. Like Belichick doesn't get like not to go off on a tangent here. We still got a lot to get to, but like when the whole Brady Belichick debate happens and people pick sides, I think the thing that people always forget is that Bill Belichick, we now think of him a certain way. He was not that guy when he made the decision to go with Brady. And that guy put his entire coaching career on the line for a sixth round draft pick that no one knew a damn thing about. Drew Bledsoe had just gotten a $100 million contract. He got hurt. Brady played well enough while Bledsoe was out. They won games, but they ran the ball a lot. They didn't, they simplified the offense. Yeah. Like, and then Bledsoe was healthy again. And Belichick was not a Super Bowl winning coach at that point. He put his whole career, he was a failed coach with the Cleveland Browns and a mediocre coach in New England. That's who Bill Belichick was, with no, without a, per, a guy with no personality. Like uh, that that's really who he was. No one, uh, come no on, one, he, he no one knew any, no one I mean yeah, he was a great defensive coordinator. Sure, yeah. but there's you no know, there's and a Cle- lot of those. Cleveland wasn't his fault. You could say that, but he did he got fired there. It didn't go well. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a, a time that he looked back on fondly his, no. his years with the Browns. He wasn't Bill Belichick that we know now, and he right. put it all on the line for Tom Brady. Robert Kraft wanted Bledsoe, but oh, he wasn't. Of course, gonna, he did. But he wasn't going to go against his coach. He he allowed his coach the autonomy to select his team. Gosh, damn! I mean, I so like Belichick saw something that others did not see. So I think he like that is part of it that people forget, and I think they do a good job covering all that. Yeah, I watched Man in the anyway. Arena, which was Brady's kind of uh, on ESPN. ESPN was like a six-parter where he went back over his career from from beginning to end. I I thought it was great, but I also thought, well, not great. It was good, but I thought there was things he's always holding back on. I honestly think 
between Belichick, Kraft and Brady, you're never going to ever get the full picture or the full story. There's stuff they just won't say. Um, yeah, that's probably true. And I, mean, I bet they don't go near what happened with Aaron Hernandez. But they don't even touch it. I mean, it's in the previews. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the trailer. Like, All right. It's it's very good. It's okay. very good. Um, anyway, let's see. Let's continue now, JJ. Premier League, also very good. We should say, uh, breaking news this morning. I don't know when you're listening to this, but but Monday morning, it came down that Everton have received a massive boost as their 10-point PSR deduction has been reduced to six on appeal, which moves them up now to 15th in the table, gives them a little bit of breathing room. Um, now, look, it, it puts sh- Luton adrift, really, doesn't it? It does. I mean, Luton are the big losers here. Um, now, look, it, it should be noted that Everton are still awaiting their punishment for the second PSR rules breach that was announced in January, and Nottingham Forest, who are currently just outside of the relegation zone in 17th, they're four points up on Luton Town. They're also awaiting um, whatever punishment awaits them for that. So this is not this is not over, and I believe the Premier League has said that whatever the deductions are, it will be known during the season. So at some point soon, I don't know that a date has been given. I guess I could go back and check, but um, but at least for the time being, uh, I think that if you're an Everton supporter, sure, it's still a six-point deduction, um, and that's not awesome. But if the goal is to stay up, then I think you're – I think this is a huge win today. I think you're feeling great if you're Everton. Yeah, it's just that the sword of Damocles of the – of the next round of uh, punishments hangs over them. But, I mean, it's what a season they're having. Like, the Everton fans want one normal season. They have, these people have been put through the ringer. Absolutely. And it's not over, even with when these deductions and et cetera, even when this is all sorted out, it's not over. What they have to do is not go down because it could be full immolation, mm-hmm. um, considering stadium costs and everything else. It's, um, I would be happier today if I'm an Everton fan, for sure. Much happier, uh, but still slightly concerned. Now, there was a good tweet. There's always a good tweet uh, from Michael Calley about this because it's something we don't really get into, um, and we should. Uh, so he's he's quote-tweeting or quote-xing or quote-reposting, whatever the hell, David Ornstein uh, saying Everton's points deduction for breach of Premier League profitability and sustainability rules reduced from 10 points to 6. Cali. It's also arbitrary. Clearly, Everton broke the financial rules, but did they break them in a 10 points way or a 6 points way? No one knows because it's all made up. That's the facts of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? You know what? I was just thinking that nah, nah, that breach, that seems like a 6-er. Six 6-er to me. Definitely a 6-er. 100%. We were, we were wrong. Let's take away four bad boy points and Leave it at six. Yeah, there is a little bit of a making it up as they go along oh, to that's... all this. Like, I guess all of these things are in the eye of the beholder. Um, now, How look, do you quantify, there, there, though? There, there were nine breaches, and on appeal, they were absolved of seven of them, Yeah, I think. So, um, that I mean, that's that's the source of the reason for why the point. It, well, I don't think it was. I do enjoy that tweet, but I don't know that it was quite as simple as, eh, Six feels more right. I I think it was just that they changed they changed their mind on some of the breaches. Yeah, I just don't the appeal, know. How the appeal thought felt differently on quantifying them. the severity of a breach and then yeah, I don't know. making it into a points based system is quite arbitrary. Well, we're gonna find out just how arbitrary this all is when Manchester City's ruling comes down on on 115 of their breaches. Um, very different breaches. We should 
Of course, of course. Very different. But, but what, if we're what saying they're that... being accused of is is lying, cheating, yeah. and lying. And by the way, Everton pointed out that they were more than anything they were most pleased that that um, that they won that on appeal. I guess yeah. that 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 they weren't being forthright. Um, that was overturned on appeal, and, and they they pointed that I mean, out the whole ba- in their statement. The, the whole basis of this is uh, for the Premier League as a club is that they don't lie about this stuff. That we're all like, hey, this is this is what we're doing, and there's transparency and accountability. Those two key political words that I'm now using to talk about football. Yeah, um, on the field, uh, it was. I mean, boy, Everton are in this this stretch where they, for however well I I I've said for a while now that I think they're they're good enough. They're not a great team, obviously, but they're good enough, and I think that they're going to survive, even if this. Even if they hadn't been handed back these four points, I thought that they were going to be okay in the end. Um, but boy, they don't win games. <laughs> don't win games. No. Uh, again, over the weekend, they're up one nil. Um, Brighton lose a man. They're down to ten men, and still in the ninety fifth minute, Everton concede again uh, to have to settle for another one one draw. That's back to back one one draws uh, after the uh, another rough one against Crystal Palace, where they it was Everton that time who came back from a goal down, but. Um, yeah, it hasn't been since uh, when was their last Premier League win? Oh. I got to go back and see. I mean, it's boy, it's been a while. That's that's I mean, that's the crux of their problem, Andrew. They don't win. No, I, I get no. That January seventeenth, that was FA Cup against Crystal Palace. Oh my God, how, how far am I going? I'm on their schedule now. I'm going to be December sixteenth. Oh my goodness, against Burnley. The Deitch Cup. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm. Am, am I wrong for having been like continuing? Because I've watched them, and when I see them play, like I, I don't feel like I'm watching a team that's gonna that that should be relegated. Like I've seen them again. You know, very competitive against Tottenham on a couple of occasions, getting a draw in one of them and an unfortunate defeat in the other. You know, they played City all right for half at least. Um, you know, they played Villa well. Like they, they've. They don't look like a bad team, but they they, they don't win. They never no. win. <clears throat> no, I didn't think it was that long since their last win. Hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe you're it, doesn't, it doesn't with, feel right. I mean, you've been banging their drum. They're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Just I, I still am. I still lost, do feel lost and drawn games. Draws, as, as Roy Keane said, don't get you anywhere quickly. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see what uh, what the Premier League has in store for them next. I'm presuming that their next ruling will come before the end of the season, and that it has to. That we're not that this doesn't drag into next season, right? Uh, no, they, it's been said. I think that this ruling will happen before the season, so they'll know. So that everybody's kind of standing by and waiting. Um, what if you're an Everton supporter, you you just want this stuff to stop and to be res- not resolved, but at least right. This is what the punishment you have. That's it. That's it over. Now it's just a football matter. Well, and, and also too, they're like the collateral damage of this, like teams like Luton that all of a sudden are throw, you know, they're like going down now. Yeah. Well, they didn't do anything wrong, but like so it, it it's it's sending not just Everton on this wild emotional roller coaster ride, but all the teams around them as well. So yeah, this, this needs to be sorted soon. I don't know how much deeper into the season they can let this go with this uncertainty as to which teams are battling for relegation and which aren't. I will say, you know, just looking at it now, boy, all these, I mean, these tight nil-nils and one-ones that Everton have had over the last two months, like they could have, 
they could have made this situation a lot easier for themselves, even with these point deductions, if they had just been able to finish off some of these games. But but what they did was they came out of the traps first when they got the points deduction, and they were like, points deduction will show you, and they right. ate, they ate the points deduction up and were out of the relegation zone. And then this this malaise has come over them since, and that's why they've slipped where they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens next with their as they await their next punishment. But in the meantime, I would say today. In a, in a in a stretch of years that have not presented many good days, I would say for an Everton fan today is a good one for the moment until until the next until the next ball drops. Uh, a team that's having a lot of good days lately, JJ. Oh, oh my! Arsenal they continue to score goals at an incredible rate. They dismantle Newcastle four one. What an incredible response this was to a. a one of Arsenal's worst performances in quite some time midweek in the Champions League against FC Porto. Um, so I, I wanted to bring this up because um, I was looking at at what Arsenal are doing of late from a goals scored perspective. Uh, from December 9th to January 7th, they played seven games. They scored five goals. Just brutal. Um that was when we kind of spoke about, okay, what is what is going on here and what do they need to do in this window to fix this? Because this is this can't go on. Then an international break happened, and subsequently they they came back on January 20th. And from January 20th through February 24th, they have also played seven games. And they have scored 25 goals. This switch on a dime is insane. And I'm wondering, the seven games where they scored five or this seven games where they've scored 25 – which one is is the truer representation of what Arsenal are? Um, I mean, but like, I don't know how to answer that because they're in a good run now. Do you know what I mean? Like, they what they were. Uh, I I would say, but we judged them when they were in that poor run. So I think it's only fair to judge them again. We've seen both. We've seen both of them. Hmm. Which one is which one do you think is is more real? I don't know. Okay, that's um, all right. That's fair. I don't know. I would I would say though that some of the players that were struggling in those moments are now clicking into gear much more. I think Odegaard and Saka are playing way better than they have in in that period that you're talking about. Surely that matters, right? Of course, those are two world class players. I, I would think, tend I, look. No one is this. All right. No one is seven games and twenty five goals. Like this doesn't. This is not sustainable. Uh, I don't care if you've got Erling Holland up front, or you know, or Mbappe, Benzema, whoever. Like you know, this is going to stop at some point. But I do think that this is probably closer to what they are than five goals in seven games. If I had yeah. to pick between these two, I would say what you're seeing now. I think is there. There are. I I think you know. Look, I think Mikel Arteta is a really good manager. I think Arsenal play good football. Uh, I think that there are good players on that team. Yes, I still think that when we get to the next uh, summer transfer window, I still think that addressing somebody up front is is a priority for them. And those don't grow on trees, so that won't be easy. and It'll come with a big price tag. But I do think this team, what we saw, that five goals in seven-game stretch, that's not – I don't think that's as real as what we're seeing now. I right. think Arsenal are, are are a really good attacking team and they're capable of putting goals in on a game in game out basis. And I suppose there's there's the added thing where if you look at I mean I know he's not being I mean, like he'll still miss chances and he and he did miss them at the weekend. But Kai Havertz has been better. Mm-hmm. 
That's another like scored two goals in his last two games. You're right. He missed a sitter oh, uh, at the start of the second. And half. he will do that, but he's contributing more like in yep. general play and that. And 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 George, how good has Jorginho been since he's come into the side? I mean that. What was it? The second goal, the ball that he just kind of dropped in from over the top for Martinelli, and then he played it. Yeah, the Haver, Havertz's goal, and then Martinelli laid it back to to Havertz. I mean, Jorginho, like he just put Rice. it in the right spot. Rice in great form too. So. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, this is probably the purple patch, and it'll probably it'll it'll even itself out a little bit more. But I mean, right? Yeah, but when but when they're... that happens, though, I think so. James Benga of CBS Sports he said this. He wrote this about Arsenal. He said this level can't last. You of don't. It can't. Uh, you don't get to combine a four goal a game attack with a Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea Champions League winner defensive metrics for four months. Then again, Arsenal can get a fair bit worse in attack and defense. Uh, while still having more than enough in the tank to brush aside teams as ordinary as Newcastle. If they can only keep this going until they arrive at the Etihad in five weeks' time, there's no reason why they cannot bend this title race in their direction. I think that that's a good point. That, like, even if they... There's going to be a regression at some point. They're on a, a pace right now that is not sustainable. But even when there is, even when that regression comes, they could still be good enough because they've been so good in both elements of the game, defending and attacking. If it just comes down a little bit, they're still very good. And as good as this is, it probably won't matter in the end because they, they'll just be short of City. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Well, that's what it feels like. We'll see. They're, they're a part of this. Uh, the one thing I want to point out with them, this is this set-piece stuff is getting ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want to talk about an MVP for them this season, yeah, Bukayo Saka's been brilliant, of course. But, like, how about Nicholas Jover? Nicholas Jover, their set-piece coach. I, this is crazy. They've now scored 19 goals from set-pieces this season. By the way, that's... To put that in perspective, Sheffield United have scored 22 goals this season total. Arsenal have 19 just from set pieces. When this guy joined Arsenal from Manchester City, Arsenal were third. They were the third least productive team in the league from corners and free kicks. And now look at them. 30% of their goals this season have come from set pieces. It's extraordinary. It's Anthony Barry had that title at Chelsea under Tuchel, um, the set piece guru. Yeah, I mean... They're averaging 6.6 goals per 100 corners taken this season, according to Opta. Uh, that's their best since 07-08. And by the way, the, the three best seasons that they've had on um, goals scored per 100 corners, all their three best seasons since 07-08 have been these three seasons that Jover has been there. That's not that's not a coincidence. They're getting their money's worth with this guy. He's the real I deal. F- I felt bad for Loris Karius because on the one that was bund- the, the opening goal that was bundled over the line, he makes such a good save on the initial uh, header. And I'm like, oh, that was nice from, oh, oh no. Yeah. And Somehow the ball Bot- is bundled. Botman kind of like nudged it. I don't know. That nudged was, it over the I, line. I got to say, New, New Cal- Arsenal were really good. Newcastle this is, this is This is not a having said that, all right? Arsenal were amazing in this game. They dominated. But Newcastle looks so bad. I mean, they're supposed to be a strong defensive team. They've got good defensive players. They were spread all over the place. Yeah. I mean, look, Arsenal will do that to you, especially in the form that they're in right now. They'll make even the best defenses look bad. But uh, this season, this is a lost year for Newcastle. They look awful. Could it be a a really big lost year for Eddie Howe in that he could lose his job? Well, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not there yet with that. Um, but yeah, Arsenal, they're, they're rolling right now. And we still, that three team title race we've been talking about still very much intact. Um, we have to get to Manchester United. So let's do that, JJ. Ah. So, so there used to be, um, 
NFL films used to do this thing. They do like a season recap on every team in football. And at the start of it, the narrator would assign some snappy title to what it was going to be like. I remember when the Eagles hired Ray Rhodes, I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles, new coach, new approach. Like it's always something like that. Great attack. (laughs) Yeah. Flying together. Uh, stuff, stuff, things like that, and then that dramatic music. Dun, 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 dun. I think for Manchester United, it, when when the when the NFL films season recap comes out on Manchester United, I think my my title has to be one step forward, two steps back. It's been the whole season. I don't know how any fan of that club could possibly have any faith in, or trust in this team after a good game. Enjoy that game. McTominay scores a late winner. Mm. I'll, I'll enjoy this moment. But I, there can be no more. Well, and Philip, we've been guilty of this. There can be no more corner turning. This no. is who they are. This is who they are. It's one step forward, two, spe- two steps back all season long. So Roy Keane, after the Aston Villa game, said United are getting away with it. Or they got away with it. I think they have been getting away with it. And eventually you get caught out. By the way, Fulham had such a wretched away record going into this. I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me. There and there specifically, and yeah, and they stink, and they cut through United. Yeah, absolutely cut. And through. you could oh. you could tell early that it was going to be like that. What was we it like getting... in the first few minutes? Awobi. There was like just like a couple quick midfield passes, and all of a sudden Awobi was through. It was like, oh, here we go. How many times did they feel to be racing against two United defenders, like a whole a whole attack of Fulham players? And you're like, where are these gaps coming from? <laughs> um, I was listening to the pre-match. And I can't remember which one of the Robbies or Rebecca's it was, but one of them was like talking up United with the with the following. Oh, uh, you know, you can talk about having an identity about, about playing football that's pleasing to everyone, but it's about winning games. And United right now, they're winning games. The And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> tactics and, and having a style of play and a way of playing, that still matters. Like having an identity going forward. They don't have any of that. They they can be quite good in transition at times, but they still have no control on a the game. They have no. In, they don't keep the ball against the bad sides. It's like it. It is like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer reheated, but with a manager with a probably a better CV. That's what it feels like. So I, I don't I know what they do. Like no. now, injury injuries have been a a, a huge part. Of this, yeah, it's actually why, in some ways, I'm changing my stance on United a little bit. Um, Look, Ten Hag may not be the answer. He may lose his job, and they and they might get better with a new manager. I don't know. But the more I kind of look at, like, pull up their starting eleven yesterday, JJ. Like it's like, and look, I know they had injuries, so that wasn't their normal. Like Omari Fortson, Fortson is not normally starting for Manchester United. Um, you know, he's coming. Victor Lindelof is not normally starting, but like, mm. all right. Look, so Onana you, and Goal, Dalov, uh, Lindelof in the fullback, Varane, Maguire, uh, Menu, Casemiro. That's that's fine. Fernandez, Garnacho, uh, and Rashford, and the aforementioned Forson. Obviously, there's nothing so, wrong with that team. Yes, but yes, there is. No, here's what I mean by that, though. When I say yes, there is. I don't know. Like we're we're mad at them. We rip them. But like, look at that team. They're sixth in the table. That's exactly where they. That's right. That's like if they were higher than that. And I look at that team, I'd say they're overachieving. Yeah, maybe that's not a good team. I think the I, fact I, that it's in the table, it's this is kind of exactly where they should be. I just they don't, have, they don't have good players. 
I can't get it. For Ten Hag, it was particularly problematic because uh, uh, Sir Big Jim Radcliffe did a, like it was finally confirmed last week. Uh, we talked about the raft of interviews he did and and you talked about, you know, renovations to the stadium, etc. And one of the things he said was the culture at the, and I'm paraphrasing, the culture and the systems at the at the club have not been good for a long time and they have not supported the players or the manager. And Eric Ten Hag has been a part of that. Uh, not a part of the bad system, but he's suffered oh, okay. because of this bad system. And the suggestion seemed to be that uh, he didn't outright, because he shouldn't, say that Ten Hag is guaranteed to see next season. He definitely shouldn't do that. Mm. But he suggested, from what he said, that was, let's give Ten Hag a better structure to work with because he hasn't had it. And clean out the players that should not be there, that probably shouldn't have been there. I mean, how is Anthony Martial still on Manchester United? Uh, like, and I like we could have even, been saying I, that for a while, but like, you know, like there are players there that it's that are that have so clearly needed refreshing to the squad. So yeah, I'm just saying I look at the player that the I look at the personnel on that team, and I see another six, and I think, well, who like of the five above them? Looking at the roster for United, who should they be better than? But, I mean, maybe Villa, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. But that said, you know, I know you're you're looking player for player. You're looking at roster. The ro- they, well, Villa's roster is better than theirs. Yeah. Um, and Emery's a world class manager. I know what you're doing there, but what I'm talking about is like it's 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 what it's what Gary Neville constantly goes on about patterns of play. You just don't see it. Like you, I guarantee you, Andrew, you, I can put Liverpool out in front of you. You know what you're going to see. You know what you're going to see from Manchester City. You know what you're going to see from Tottenham Hotspur. You know what you're going to see from Villa. I have not clue what I'm going to see from this lot. And that's partly because I don't think the players are good enough to execute. But also, what Ten Hag is doing is a pivot from what he did at Ajax. I, I, I keep going over the same stuff here. It's like bloody frustrating. But... It's not what they did at IX. He's he's it this is this is what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer kind of promised. This is what he was gonna bring. I just they definitely did not hire actually I can't know that the United people, the people that hired Murta and, and those guys that were in those roles that um Ed Woodward, etc., that hired Ten Hag knew what he would do or knew his style of play definitively. Like there seems to be such dysfunction there that they thought we'll get the IX guy that, that done really well in 2019 and played that attractive football. And then the IX guy they got from 2019 that played attractive football decides he doesn't want to do that because he doesn't feel he can with this team. So like, are they going to clear out the whole, the whole squad? I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Um, well, and they have all, Man City all, at the Etihad uh, next, so they'll probably win one nil. <laughs> they'll probably do a full. <laughs> they'll go full Solskjaer on it and win one nil, and everything will be rosy in the garden again. It's, there's just so much to be done there, and it's not like they can't be a dangerous team, or they haven't proven at times to be a dangerous team. Right, so, they, that's true. They, they, they're they six on the table. They're going to win. You don't get to six without winning a bunch of games. Like they're, they're this. Is, I think that they are. Exactly. Like if I looked at their team and you asked me to say, okay, guess where this team is going to be this year? This is probably it. It's such a massive summer for them, isn't it? It's sure. so enormous. It's enormous. 
it's really huge. Yeah. Um, Not just as much for who leaves as opposed to who comes in, I think. So says I. Well, um, I know what you mean, but the players that leave, they cease playing for you, Andrew. The players that come in have to be of... Uh, I know, but I believe, I'm believe i a believer in addition by subtraction sometimes. I think that that's a real thing. So we'll see. We shall see. Uh, JJ, just want to close out with a couple things from here in the U.S. Um, pretty notable weekend for American soccer stars who are in Europe. Opta Jack posted this. Five U.S. men's national team players have contributed to a goal in the five major European leagues on Sunday. Balogun, Cardoza, Chandler, Timmy Chandler, good Lord, Luca De La Torre, and Weston McKinney. Only the most, like, the most on those... a single day since uh, at least the start of the 06 07 season. Timmy Chandler is very much out in the cold. So we should, we should yeah, maybe I take that. I don't know what to make of it. But, but there is more to this. Chris Richards, Ricardo Pepe, uh, and Paxson Aronson all scored on Saturday. And Cade Cowell notched his first goal in the league for Chivas as well. Very good. This is. It's all happening. Uh, unfortunately, the, the one Debbie Downer note. So Weston McKinney, he has just had such a – what an amazing season he's had. And another great game for him. He had two assists, but he did leave late with a dislocated shoulder. That's not awesome. He's going to miss some time with that. Um, that could break his rhythm. Unfortunately, yeah. He didn't need that because he's – I mean, honestly, he might – for a player who's had numerous spells of good form, what he's been doing at Juve, he might be in some of the best form of his career right now so yeah you don't you don't want anything especially an injury to interrupt that um but i believe in that guy um for what he's doing there and i'm sure he'll come back and i i think he'll play great for him but yeah this was a nice this was a nice weekend i, I was thinking more jj about the the balligan sergeant peppy conversation we were having um yeah i do wonder if like if this is part of why you want to have like getting balligan in theory looked great because, okay, now we have, we have Balogun who plays for us now, but I do think that I I wonder if you're seeing a little bit of the, like, this is why you want a lot of good players in a team because they bring the best out of other, uh, out of each other. Like competition breeds this. Right. Uh, And so Pepe had to raise his game. Sergeant back from injury, raising his game. So I hear what you're saying by I mean, Pepe just had to, Pepe's, driving for minutes you know like he's i'm sure the last thing on his mind is i wouldn't say the last thing but it's not the major thing in his mind is is his is the u.s men's national team it's his day-to-day bread and butter week in week out i mean he doesn't play enough yeah um so i gotta ask you before before we move on while we're talking u.s men so you you threw a grenade out there earlier in the pod when you said uh, matt turner is no longer (laughs) in your mind a change of heart since the beginning of the pod you're back in on turner no, 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 oh. <laughs> no, about, about, so I was very much, look, turn is your guy. Don't deviate from that. Um, regardless of club form. And I don't, I just can't follow that up anymore. And Ke- Kelleher made me think about it. Well, so, but, but who is then? Who's well, your guy now? I, I, I haven't, I will announce that on, on the second pod this week, who my guy is. <laughs> I haven't, de- <laughs> I haven't decided on it, but it's a guy who plays a lot. All the time. It'll have to be that guy. Okay. Because I don't see games for Matt Turner unless Sells get in, gets injured. Where are the games for him for the rest of the season? They're not in Europe. Nothing in the Cups. Um, no, this all comes down to you, you now suddenly have developed a belief 
that a goalkeeper can't play for his national team if he's not playing for his club team. This this is what I mean. I don't, this is what your argument comes down to, and it's just a matter of whether or not everyone yeah. agrees with that. I don't no, know I that think, I, I do. I, th- I think so. I think so. Well, I'll tell you one thing: as a transition to MLS, um, look, Messi magic was on full display, but Drake Calendar was excellent again for Inter Miami. This is this is if you're going to have this belief, I think he's one to keep an eye on. Mm. I do. I don't know. What what do you know? There's a I lot have, of I have other men I'm thinking about. I have other guys. Um uh, I'll come up with a definitive answer. I'm going to give you your answer um on Thursday. Okay? Is that fair? Yeah. I, mean, I just I just got I got, I'm just I, saying it was a big thing to throw out there and and then just and walk away total, without having to- any any further explanation No, or... it's not further explanation. You don't I I have explained it. No, no, you, but you, I mean like he needs to play. But and he's but, not. But you didn't. But you threw this out there, and then you walked away, dum de dum de dum, without saying who it then is. I don't have to. I, I don't. It's not my job to say that immediately. I will. I, I'm going to consider it. What, the, what don't you understand? All I know. I is, understand. I just don't like that you're you're oh, leaving you us like, in the lurch. Well, no, that's called a tease, Andrew, in the industry, and everyone's going to circle back yeah. to see who JJ's number one guy is. Right. This was all by design. Um. Yeah, can we go back to Inter Miami at a Galaxy? Drake yeah, I, we only good. just got there. I thought I thought the Galaxy should have won this one, um, which is this is this is good for the Galaxy. Uh, uh, you know, the Ricky Puig machine seems to be clicking into gear. I thought they were yeah they were mostly the better side. Thought so too, undeniably. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I thought, look, if you're gonna have, uh, <laughs> you're gonna have the Alaba. Messi, Alaba, Messi, Alaba, Messi goal. Like that's what really that's what got into uh, into Miami their their point in this one was that just they that move was almost like all right we're doing it ourselves now here we go yes. boom 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 absolutely yeah. it was just like, okay how much time is left oh oh s we better do this now yeah 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 <laughs> now, now we're doing this and there was a sense of that. Uh, but it's so fun. Like I enjoy, I, but 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 is that. it sustainable? Is it sustainable? Well, look, they. I mean, that's not. You just said the galaxy are good. We think they're going to be good this year. Well, I think they're they're better than they they look better, much better than they were last year. Anyway. Well, yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, their coach is going to lose his job. Um, but you know, Inter Miami, these aging legs, they fly from they fly across the country to play this game, and Messi scoring a goal in the ninety second minute. On a dink, 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 dink with Jordi Alba. Like, that's fun. It was fun to see that. Now, I'm going to look, I'm going to ride this Inter Miami wave and this oh, roller coaster. You are, you right? are going to be insufferable. No, no but, but riding the roller coaster means all things like being an emotional mess. And I'm not a, a fan per se of the team, but I'm just saying, like, I'm going to go crazy with the peaks and valleys of this. Messi scoring that goal, this is fun. Like, this is, I mean, that's what you want to see as a neutral. Uh, no offense to the galaxy, but like that's <laughs> that's fun to see. Messi score right. stoppage time equalizers. But the other side of this roller coaster is, and like <laughs> Sergio Busquets looks, he's had moments, especially in this game, where he looked terrible. And so, like, this yeah. is what the roller coaster will be. Like, I'm going to have these wild 
peaks and valleys of, oh my God, Messi is a god. Oh, Busquets is so washed. And then in a couple of weeks, it's going to be, oh, what's happened? If Messi goes a couple of games without scoring, we're going to ride this roller coaster. He's going to be washed. He can't handle the travel or whatever. He's focused on Argentina and maybe Busquets will be back. Oh, he's finally, you know, so this is, it's, that's what Inter Miami are going to be. They're going to be a thrill a minute. They're going to be weird. They're going to, but, but we know they're going to be interesting all season long, uh, at least to me. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, that I, goal was something. And I felt, yeah. I did feel, I did feel bad for the galaxy because they, I thought they did play well. And that would have been such a huge early feather in their cap coming off of a bad season that they had a year ago. And I think it just, it's just this frustration of playing against Inter Miami where like, you can keep them contained, but it only but when it's messy that you're going against, and Jordi Alba in this case, like it only takes letting your guard down for one second to get killed by them because of the talent that those guys can have in any in any single moment. Yeah. That's, I, um, they're gonna do that. You're gonna see that more and more. I was listening to um listening to the the, the commentary and uh Taylor Twelman uh pointing out well, we've we've hardly seen anything from Suarez. And then he responds to, which is true, we didn't. Uh, and then he responds to a tweet after the game, um, MLS moves. I was literally just wondering how the hell Luis Suarez won MVP of the Brazilian League last year. And then Taylor Twelman mentions that he doesn't look like even the same player based on how he's moving. Twelman uh, quote tweets this. He looks like he's in real pain and I'm not kidding. Feel bad for him. I, My prophecy about him is coming through far too quickly. It's not a prophecy. Well, the we'll guy see. said it himself. He's in pain all the time. I know, but he scored. He said that, and then he had a 17-goal, 11-assist season. He said that after that season. I don't remember the timeline. That, well, uh, all right, okay, the timeline. But, it, but, um, but that timeline got pain, messed when, up. Whenever it was that he said that, it he was pain it, that he, he, said he, was he was feeling during that season. He, he said that, he right. And he's he looks like he's feeling it again. I mean, he's an irrelevant. He was an irrelevance. I know. Yeah, I know. I don't. I just. If a guy tells you how he's feeling and tells you all the painkillers he has to take to play, maybe it's we should listen to it a bit more. Well, we'll see. Uh, We're going to ride the roller coaster. Can I pick another another game to talk about quickly? Yeah, of course. Uh, the aforementioned uh, much. I won't say much vaunted, but uh, excitedly talked about. Uh, New York Red Bulls had a bit of a bit of a meh. Start to the season with a nil-nil uh, draw with Nashville. But the vibes, Andrew, the vibes are good. So um, Mark Fishkin, he's one of these uh, big supporters of New York Red Bulls, an OG going way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he tweeted out, lots to feel good about after one match, but also feel like a big missed opportunity. Now, I know what he means, like to start the season off with, with momentum and get the win, and they probably should have won the game. But uh, Steve Cangeliosi, uh, we had him on the show. Yeah, our friend. Sorry, I'm struggling over an Italian name. Why do you have to point it out to everyone? Uh, <laughs> fair, he goes, fair assessment by Mark, but I had a completely different feeling watching this game. As if they were committed to things we haven't seen implemented in a long time. Just one game. Let's see what's uh, game planned in coming weeks. Um, and he goes on to say, a season opening draw, but I'd feel better about this than most wins. Hmm. Steve said. Interesting. Uh, if I'm a New York Red Bulls fan, am I uh, signaling he's about to have best season? Uh, Carnell clean sheet and a tremendous save. Forsberg a badass. So yeah. yeah, nil nil. Not what you want. Not not. It's not the start you pick, but the vibes seem to be good. And I have one other thing. Someone, yeah, yeah. So sorry, I'm I'm. My brain is 
it's brimming with MLS, and I've been accused in the past of of being MLS negligent. I think you've accused yourself. <laughs> well, well, um, <laughs> I was watching LAFC look very good against Seattle. The fun game was a fun game. The penalty for Seattle to get it to two one. Mm-hmm. Um, that took too long. We had someone in our mentions saying how MLS gets VAR right. If it's taking you that long, it's too long. Like, it really is. And I, I watched it again, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, I guess it was a pain. But I think like, leg, it was. Their legs got tangled. Yeah, too long, though. Too long of a check. He must have looked at it 25 times. Yeah. Well, want... look, we haven't talked much about this, but this is part of the replacement referee issue. You know, these guys right. are probably a little nervous. They want to, they they want to get to, things they know, right. They know, the, they know everyone is waiting for them to F up. Um, and by the way, I, I, I should say too, the, the second yellow that Marky Delgado got, I mean, that's a huge moment um, for LA Galaxy to have to finish that game down a man. Not, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a yellow. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's, I'm going to like, it's a terrible call. <laughs> it's yeah. so th- these things are going to happen. You've got replacement referees out there. They're doing the best they can, uh, but they're not, you know, they're not the, the standard. Uh, so these, you're going to see these issues. Um, a couple of final notes that I wanted to mention. Can, JJ. can I just say, uh, Zito oh, yeah. Madu was just tweeting away about MLS last night, which, which is great with a mixture of interest and contempt. Um, his, De- his DeAndre Yedlin tweet. DeAndre Yedlin has the touch of an absentee father. <laughs> um, oh, Malagusto had that yesterday too. Uh, so just a couple of the other things that I wanted to mention from this uh, from this weekend. JJ, a name that uh, that you mentioned pretty frequently. Are are we witnessing the Phil Neville redemption arc? Wow, what a what a debut! Dominant four one win. Four, I mean, four one over over Colorado, a team that we thought would be uh, a really resurgent team this season. Uh, so good for Phil. Also good for Eric Williamson, who scored for Portland in that game. Um, a player who you know we we really have thought highly of, but injuries have derailed his career. Still pretty young though, uh, and he scored his first goal for the Timbers since 2021. So good for him. Hopefully, this is the start of of a of a huge bounce back season. So maybe a, a couple redemption arcs happening in Portland with Neville and Williamson. Um, um, Neville will have to win over the fans. A lot of fans. Well, it's don't a good start. To. I mean, a four one win over a Colorado team that's supposed to bounce back strong this year. I think that's a nice start for Phil. Can I just say this won't this won't last? I'm just going to say that. Yeah, I mean, you've you've made your your opinions very clear on that poor guy. I don't know what he did to you. If he, not, if he it's not gonna last when you were were a boy or something i don't know but um and then i also wanted to mention uh christian benteke <sighs> starts the season off with a hat trick you know he's such a weird one in mls because we always like whenever we talk about well un- until we were started thinking about this season were you were you one of were you like me i'd forgotten he was there no 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 i had no oh, well I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> i don't know what to say I just forgot about this. him i just forgot yeah. about him um, well, you're not going to forget now because he started the season off with a hat trick and like of these players who have come from prominent European leagues over to MLS, I, I will say, I guess I'll say that he could be forgettable in that his name doesn't often get mentioned when you go through like the list of, of 
guys who have made that move. And it's a little surprising because he's a goal scorer. He's a striker. Like he's you know, supposed to be like one of the headline grabbers. And, you know, his first season didn't do anything. Seven games, one goal. Last season, better. 14 goals in 31 games. Um, who knows? Starts the season off with a hat trick for D.C. Could this be like a 20 goal season for Benteke? 20, you know, get himself into maybe the MVP conversation. So he's 33 now. Um this will be an interesting year. Third year in MLS. This is, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we're witnessing the beginning, JJ, of some kind of Robbie Keane end to a career. Who knows? Yeah, but Keane, Keane hit the ground running. Keane just came in and destroyed. Oh, no, he was, he's one of the Absolutely best signings destroyed. that the league has ever made. Uh, we should mention the goal of the game was Carlos Heel. Just, oh, sumptuous goal. Lovely move by New England, and then he just curls one into the top corner. Beautiful goal. When I was watching, this is such a random smattering of MLS stuff, but I'm kind of enjoying it. No, I know. When I was watching LAFC and um, seeing Hugo Lloris and net for them, um, I was, uh, this is so off the top of my head. So I haven't had any time to prep this and neither of you, obviously, but like, what are you going to do? Can you think? So I was thinking of former Tottenham players who have now come and played in MLS and it's a longer list than you would think. So you've got Lloris. Dempsey, Bale, Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, DeAndre Yedlin. Yedlin uh, doesn't count. He hardly played for Spurs. Victor, I mean, he played at Spurs. Victor Wanyama. I mean, it's a pretty uh, Brad uh, Brad Friedel. Friedel. He, like, no, he pretty... started in MLS. Oh, and he finished in MLS, did he? Right. He I started guess to... in MLS. He didn't finish in MLS. So, he, so that does that not work? Being, we can't. He was a bad manager in MLS. So we can't do that. We it has to be he comes from Spurs. They, like it can't oh, be a yeah. guy who played for Spurs at some point. Because I'm just saying, is there another Premier League team that you think if we're going to count Friedel for the sake of this, let me have Friedel, even if it's not the order that you prefer. <laughs> but is there another Premier League team that has had eight guys play in MLS? Great Tottenham, the, the MLS club of the Premier League. I don't know what that means, Andrew. I <laughs> mean, Robbie Keane, what, hey, Robbie Keane you, had more clubs than you've had hot dinners. When you're researching uh, our next goalkeeper, why don't you throw this into the homework assignment as well and see if you can find a, a Premier League club that has had more MLS players. than? Tom. I'm going to make sure the dog eats this one. I, am I forgetting anyone? Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to work on this. I don't know. I'm going to work on this. All right. You do that. And I I can't wait for your results. Okay. Well, I enjoyed this, JJ. I enjoyed this immensely. Yeah. Congrats to Liverpool on their 10th league. Congrats to me. Congrats to you, of course, uh, for all the the hard work you did at the Monroe with your vodka seltzers. Uh, We'll be back, of course, later this week. We've got a, it's an FA cup midweek. So we'll see what comes from uh, some of that. And then of course, a big, a big weekend to top it off. Like we said, Manchester Derby coming up this weekend. JJ, I enjoyed this immensely. To you, I say... Take it later, fun boy. I'll see ya. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 